Have you ever been at a gathering or a play date and one of the kids is just so helpful and polite and seems to have so much maturity beyond their years? It kind of blows you away, right? I remember having these experiences before I had kids and also when my kids were younger and seeing some older kids. And I thought, yeah, that's how I want my kids to interact. And I loved it because it showed me what's possible. And I'm sure those kids weren't always pristine in their behavior, but they were capable of such genuine kindness and helpfulness, which was so heartwarming. So if you're wondering, how can I help my kids to become more helpful and thoughtful? I've got some great do's and don'ts that will help you. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Your Village Podcast. Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm going to be talking about tips for raising helpful, thoughtful kids. How can you tap into their natural budding independence to raise kids who take on responsibility, not just for themselves, but who also pitch in and help? Optimally, this can and actually should start pretty young. So. If you've got really young kids, even as young as two, even one and a half, 
there is such a budding sense of autonomy at those ages, it's a great time to start to nurture that. Now, of course, if your kids are older, you didn't miss the boat, there's gonna be a lot of great tips in here. So I'm gonna share tips on things that you can do to nurture this along with some don'ts, the things that adults will sometimes do that actually undermine children's willingness, ability, and interest in helping. So when your child helps at something new, this is our don't, our first don't, refrain from correcting and especially criticizing. You wanna take the help however it comes. Otherwise you risk squashing their desire to help the next time. So let's say your daughter made her bed for the first time, but it's lumpy. The sheets are hanging out the one side. The comforter is off kilter. Fuel her pride in doing something new and focus on the positive of the effort and anything else that she did really well. The comforter is pulled all the way up. The pillows and stuffed animals are arranged nicely. After a few more tries, then you can start giving some feedback on where to fine tune. Just one to two small things at a time, not overwhelming, just a couple small tips, and then you could kind of work forward from there. Your four-year-old son set the table, but the napkins are folded funky or they're not folded at all. The silverware is arranged in an interesting layout. Maybe it's crooked. That's okay. You want to encourage the help. You set the table all by yourself. That was very helpful. You remembered everything, the napkins, the silverware, and the cups and plates too. Kids are so proud when they learn something new and they're able to help and contribute. When they feel appreciated for that, it encourages more of it. After a few more times, then you're gonna make some small corrections about where to put the cups or the forks or how to straighten them out. Which leads me to my next tip. Use descriptive praise, and in particular for this trait that we're working to cultivate. We wanna point out when our kids are being helpful, independent, thoughtful. Now, I've covered this a lot in a lot of episodes, but just for a quick refresher, descriptive praise is describing the behavior and then labeling it. It builds internal motivation because kids then begin to see themselves as helpful, as independent, as thoughtful. This sparks them to do more things that are helpful and thoughtful and independent. So when you see them doing things that embody this trait, you're going to describe it and then label it. You got dressed without even being asked. That was very independent. You helped clear the table after dinner. That was very helpful. You delivered the folded laundry to everyone's rooms. That was so thoughtful. You'll see your child beam with pride. Kids, even toddlers, as much as we hear about how they can be so oppositional, they want to feel appreciated and needed and helpful. What they want is to feel independent. They want to learn and grow. If they aren't getting that need met, that's when it could manifest as oppositional. When they are contributing and they are learning and they are growing, they're feeling independent. They're getting that fed. They're getting to feel responsible. They're getting to feel independent. They're getting to feel, they're, get, they're learning and they're growing. They're learning new tasks. So this feeds that positive feedback loop. So what should kids be trying to do by age? Honestly, it's anything that they're physically and cognitively capable of trying. A five-year-old isn't going to make a great bed, but they can certainly pull the covers up and arrange the pillows and make a good effort. Three and four-year-olds can clear the table or set the table. Three-year-olds may need more guidance for setting the table. Plates first. It's probably best if you use plastic kid plates or just have them do 
the kid plates and you do the adult plates, you know, napkins next, whatever your order is, you can just guide them in this one thing at a time. Give them one to two instructions at a time. Silverware next. Giving instructions and guidance for each piece along the way. Really little ones, one and a half to two, can help by fetching things for you. If you need something across the room in the other room, you can ask them to go grab it. Or they can help you match socks. Or they can deliver things like laundry to the rooms, a cup to the kitchen. Young kids love to prep their own snacks and food and breakfast or even help prep a meal. This builds such great independence. Talk about getting cooperation and building a mindset of helpfulness. This is it. This also means getting to a place where you can be okay with messes. Peanut butter and jelly on the counter is par for the course. But in the long run, you're making your life easier. You're raising a very independent and helpful young person. Not to mention, even in the short term, you're tapping into that need for autonomy that will actually cut down on power struggles and meltdowns over frustrations of feeling too controlled, of feeling like they don't have enough control over their own environment, over their own choices. So you're actually going to cut down on having to deal with that in other parts of the day. To have kids help in the kitchen, you can actually get them kid-safe knives so they can spread their own cream cheese or peanut butter or jelly or even cut up things like watermelon, apples, or mini carrots. And I remember some great cooking kits that we had in our kitchen so the kids could participate in cooking in a way I felt was safe for them. The helping doesn't even have to be truly necessary for the meal. Obviously, most younger children can't cut an apple open or cut the core out. So you do that and then they can cut it into bite-sized pieces from the slices or they might be able to cut it into two or three slices from the quarter. So you cut it into quarters, you core it, they can cut it into like two or three slices for each quarter. It supports them in feeling helpful. And honestly, they're still learning valuable skills when they do this anyway. They're developing fine motor skills and they're learning how to use a knife and how to cut. Starting really young, kids can start taking on getting themselves dressed and over time, take on their full morning routine. And if you have a really independent two-year-old, you can have them start working on getting themselves dressed in the morning. Whether you pick out their clothes, you have them choose, you can lay them out and they can put them on themselves. And then over time, you have them take on more and more of their routine. So by the time they're teens, they're getting ready to head out into the world on their own for the most part. They will be responsible for all their own daily tasks and some pretty big decisions. So getting kids to a place where they are taking on small tasks while they're really young and taking on more and more over the years so they're ready to manage their own lives at 18 is no small task. And that's why we get 18 years to do it. By 18, they need to know not just how to get ready in the morning and make breakfast, but how to manage their schedule, their money, their car maintenance, their school, their homework, their grades, their doctor's appointments, haircuts, how to shop, how to cook, how to clean, how to do laundry, how to make good food choices, how to take care of their body, exercise regularly, and make good choices about what goes into their body and how they care for it. So we want to slowly empower them throughout their years with us to be ready to take all of this on by 18. That's why at one and a half to two, we're starting out by having them deliver things to rooms and bringing things to us. We're teaching them small skills and it's going to build and build over the years. So I'm going to talk about where my kids are right now. Then I'm going to talk about pitching in outside of home at a gathering at a friend's house, how you have 
that kid that other parents comment to you about how helpful, how thoughtful, and how polite that they are. Now, as you probably know, my kids are 13, 13, and Carter is about to turn 15 in three weeks. They all have regular jobs around the house, sweeping the floors, wiping down light fixtures and appliances, wiping down the table after dinner, feeding the dogs, taking out the trash, filling and emptying the dishwasher are regular tasks they do around the house. They usually go grocery shopping with me and help pick out food, teaches them how to meal plan, and it gives us the opportunity to ask about how to make healthy food choices and about budgeting too. So there's a lot of lessons wrapped up in this. When we get home, they're responsible for bringing in all the groceries and putting them away. They're also responsible for their own laundry. If they come to me and they tell me they have nothing to wear, that's on them. They know how to fill and run the washing machine based on whites or colors and how to run the dryer, including checking the lint filter and how to pull out the clothes that need to air dry versus dryer dry. They are each responsible for planning their own activities. Carter schedules directly with his coach for his training and his hitting sessions. Even though I usually end up going for at least part of them since the gym is right next to the tennis courts. But if they want to hit on a Saturday afternoon, they schedule that with each other. And Carter can just walk over to the courts himself. Taylor decides when she wants to go ride her horse based on when the trainer is there. I still need to drive her, but if she says she wants to go on a Wednesday after school and the trainer's there, I'll take her. She also takes amazing care of our horse. Our trainer, Debbie, is so impressed with Taylor's work ethic not just in riding the horse, but to spend hours mucking out the stall, hauling dirt to fill in holes after a big rain, dig out the mats and move them, lunge Desi in the round pen to get her energy out when she hasn't been ridden for several days. She knows it's a part of responsible horse ownership. So even though we lease Desi, she's showing us that she's ready for the responsibility of her own horse when that day comes. Chandler is responsible for getting himself ready for auditions, for practicing the lines and the music. If he needs my help with the music, I will totally do that. If he wants help to run through lines, we will help him with that or with going through the music, the rhythm of the notes. But it's up to him how much he wants to prepare or not for an audition. And if he needs help, he needs to ask for it. They can all cook basic stuff. My daughter is the most advanced with cooking, although I need to work with her on her cleanup skills. (laughs) because I'll find a sink full of dishes after she makes something fun for herself or for actually for us. She'll cook for more than herself. She's really sweet. She'll actually cook for her brothers if they're hungry. Carter is starting to cook more for himself and bake. He loves to make chocolate chip cookies. I have this picture of him in his cookie monster. It was one piece jammies. (laughs) He has these like big one piece, like fuzzy jammies he loves. And so I have a picture of him wearing his cookie monster one and baking cookies in the kitchen. So this is just to give an example of where we are right now, where I've gotten, um, where all the work over the years has gotten my kids to their independence. They obviously, they're, the mornings, they are completely on their own. They get themselves up, they get themselves dressed, they get their breakfast, get themselves ready, get their showers. They're completely on their own. So this is where we've gotten to with the work over the years. And so we're really on a good course for them all to be ready to take on more responsibility as they get closer to 18 because with Carter, we've got three years left. He's got three and a half years of school before he's off to college. And my twins now have five and a half years left. So we're well on our way. Next, I'm going to give a few more tips on raising independent, helpful, thoughtful kids. And then I'm going to touch on pitching in and politeness out and about at playdates, gatherings, and parties right after a word 
from our sponsors. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads. Love where you live. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Now that we're back, there's a few more tips that I want to mention. One is what we call contribution. Now, I touched on this a lot earlier, even named it contribution, but I want to make sure I get to this fully. I haven't really covered it specifically or called it out as a tool. It's considered a positive discipline tool. So all the things I mentioned about making their own snacks, delivering laundry, clearing the table, all the things that my kids do, right? These are all ways that they can contribute to the family and to the tasks at hand. It gets kids involved in the current task in ways that they can feel appreciated, needed, and helpful. So it increases cooperation. Other ways we use it are on outings. So like I mentioned with my older kids at the grocery store, but we started this really young. Younger kids are great at helping at the grocery store. And this is how I started my kids out at two, three, and four. 
helping pick out fruit. Like we need to get four apples today. We need this particular type of apple. We need the red apples right here in this bin. Once they could read, I would tell them what kind of apples we need so they could read the signs and pick out Fuji apples or Granny Smith apples, right? We need five bananas. And I would explain to them what we look for in the fruit that they could pick out. Or they're helping me find the granola bars, the almonds, the muffins, you name it. And then picking out the ones that they wanted. It keeps them engaged at the store. Therefore, there's a lot less opportunity for kids to get bored, start getting into trouble, start finding all the stuff you don't want them to buy. Although they're still going to do that, but not as much. And for the meltdowns that ensue with a no. Now, contribution is a great tool to build cooperation and independence. You're teaching skills. So they're moving towards independence, but they're also being cooperative in that they're helping out and they feel wanted and needed. And it's such a great positive feedback loop that we get them into. But it also means slowing down, being more intentional in that moment, but it will save so much time and stress in the long run, in the future, as we are working with our kids in learning skills and growing, and we're also connecting. So the extra time we take to teach them how to pick out apples, what color and kind we need, how to look for a banana that's not too ripe, not damaged, right? (laughs) But not too underripe. Or how to clean up the peanut butter off the counter will play big dividends when your kids are doing so much more for themselves so much earlier that you no longer have to manage them. I mean, when my son turns 16 in a year, I can send him to the grocery store to shop for all of us because he's gotten all these skills already. So I'm really excited for that. Okay, the next tip, expect much, get much. And I love this one. I've talked about this before, but it's so good. And it comes from my riding instructor, our horse trainer. I never heard it before her, but she and I always talk about how it applies not just to riding, but also to raising kids. Just to bear with me. I hate when I compare animals to kids to animals, but just bear with me. I have a really good point. So my horse has a spur stop, which is different than a lot of horses. A lot of horses are actually kick and go horses, what we call kick and go horses, meaning the more pressure you put on them with your legs, the faster they go. Although the way you use your legs for different gates is still pretty universal. But with most horses, you squeeze, they go. With Desi, you squeeze, she stops. And this is actually a good thing. And my trainer has trained her to do this for a particular reason. It's if you start to feel too off balance, if she starts to spook, you're going to squeeze to stay on. And so she knows to stop. If you have a horse who spooks and you squeeze, they're going to start running. So it's really a great tactic. But if I feel off balance and I squeeze, she stops. So when I'm simply trying to use my legs to hold on, she will stop. So I've had to learn and retrain myself to loosen my legs and keep my balance in better ways. So we got into this poor training where she would stop a lot, even if my legs were loose. Every time my trainer would say, okay, move into a sitting jog or a trot, I'd get anxious. I was afraid I would tap her and she would stop instead of going because this was our new pattern that I had inadvertently trained her to do. My instructor wouldn't say, come on, let's go. Expect much, get much. Meaning if I expected her to stop, she would. If I expected her to go, she would. It was in my demeanor. It was in my energy. If my energy was confident, my body would ask her in a way that was more confident and she could read it correctly. If I were anxious and unsure, I would tighten up in my seat, right? My booty, my calves, whatever. 
even if I didn't think I was, I'd start to get in my head and go, oh, she's going to stop. And when I do this, oh, we're not doing well with this. She's, she's not trained right. I'm, I messed this up. And all those thoughts in my head make my body react in a particular way. And so that's how we got into that habit. We have fixed it all. I will tell you, <laughs> we have fixed it all. <laughs> it took a little work. So kids are similar. Bear with me, not because we're going to squeeze them, make them stop. But if we think they aren't going to listen, if we think they aren't going to contribute, if we think they're going to be oppositional, we interact in such a way that they react to that. They respond to that energy. They can read it. They can feel it. Ah, She doesn't mean it. She doesn't really expect me to pitch in. Or he doesn't really think I'm going to listen. So I'm not going to, right? They don't really mean business. If we think kids aren't capable of manners or politeness or helpfulness, and that kids who do behave that way are just the luck of the draw, we don't expect much from them. So that's what we get. If we go in expecting cooperation, contribution, manners, politeness, knowing it's not a character trait, but it's what's expected, it's what we will teach and guide them to do, even if we need to do some work around it, if we know it's possible with the right attitude, with the right approach, with the right guidance, we get politeness, helpfulness, kindness, cooperation, contribution. So when we expect these things at home, the pitching in, the please and thank yous, the gratitude, this becomes the habit at home. They will take those things with them when they go out in the world. The awesome thing is that most kids are even more polite outside of the family than they are at home. So if you've got this at home to a moderate degree even, they're going to do pretty well out in public and you're going to get some great feedback from other parents. Like your kids are so helpful. They're so thoughtful. How did you do that? We get to hear that a lot, which is really, really wonderful. And it's heartwarming to know that, that all the work that you've put in is showing up. I also want to say a quick word about shyness right here, because some kids are just really shy and reserved or introverted and crowds or new people are uncomfortable for them. So this is not being impolite. So I want to make that really clear. It's uncomfortable and overwhelming for them. So expecting them to come into a room full of strangers or people they rarely see, or if it's just a lot of people and greeting people or everyone or even anyone, if they feel overwhelmed, may not be realistic. And especially the smaller they are, the more overwhelming these situations likely are for them because people are really big when you're really small. So I say this just to make sure we have a realistic expectation around things like shyness and introversion. There are a lot of ways to work on this over time, just like the other things that I don't have time to go into in this episode, but I want to make sure I wasn't sending a message that all you need to do is have some expectation about this, like expect much, get much with the shyness, because it doesn't really work that way. You know, we can't expect kids to walk in and say hello to everyone, and it's automatically fixed just because we expect it. It's a really different situation. So the last thing I want to touch on is that when kids build these skills through contribution, it also impacts their self-esteem. So this is such a great other benefit because self-esteem comes from feeling needed, feeling appreciated, like I matter. It also comes from mastering skills. And you get both of these when you teach and guide kids in the ways I shared, all the ways that they can contribute and take responsibility and grow their independence. All feeds into their self-esteem in a very positive way. If you want to learn 
all the tools for raising helpful independent kids, the positive discipline classes available in the $7 successful parenting playbook. And there are eight foundational classes in that membership. But if you want to go deeper, honesty, respect, and manners, raising responsible kids, which is all the life skills by age and how to raise kids who make responsible choices, and the two classes on self-esteem, along with all 55 classes and our community that includes the bi-weekly small group coaching with me to get any of your specific questions or challenges answered, are all in the Thriving Families membership. Both of those are on the website at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you in two weeks. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.